everybody. Welcome to this week's Learning the Tropes. I'm Erin. I'm Clayton. And I'm the Roommates Novel Veteran. And I'm the Virgin. <laughs> and we're your hosts. Um, We have a great episode for you. We have a great book. A great episode. We have a great episode. <laughs> and we're talking about a interesting book. I mean, uh, Slade. It was great. And yes. it's the second in the new species. Um, no one requested that we read this one. We just decided. <laughs> we, we went rogue on this one. <laughs> we decided we want it. We want to check in with a new species. Um, somebody in our Facebook troop said that we really need to read Valiant. And I said, I'm not ruling it out. Nope. We'll probably read the next one <laughs> in a few months. We just really love uh, this world so much. So we were needing to go back. Mm-hmm. But before we go back to that world, Aaron, you were at RWA this weekend. What what was that like? And explain to people what that is. <laughs> so it wasn't this weekend. It was Wednesday to this morning was the last few panels of it. And so it is held at the Marriott Marquis in Times Square, which is the, the hell mouth, which is a awful. Times Square being awful. Yeah, not the Marriott. We love the Marriott. The Marriott was fine. The ho- Everyone complained a lot about the elevators being awful. Um, and maybe I just got lucky and they weren't like at that bad for me. Um, but I also stayed on like three floors. And so I was also using the escalator. But it was amazing. So it was literally hundreds of mostly romance writers from all over the world um, and authors and all the authors that you know and love. Not all, but a lot of them. Um and every day there was just a ton of panels every day um, about just different aspects of writing and writing adjacent things. There were things where you could go and pitch to different companies your uh, your book idea. And it was just really so um, great and interesting to go. There was a podcast panel that I went to. Um, and so it was the Wicked Wallflowers. Jenny Norback was on. Sarah McLean from... Uh, Faded Mates, and then the host was uh, Jen from Faded Mates, um, and then there were two other panelists, and I feel really awful now that I can't remember their names, but one was the Mermaid Podcast, which was just a podcast about mermaids, which is mm, fantastic, which is <laughs> <laughs> the freaking best, um, but we'll link to, to those podcasts as well, um, and it was really nice because we ended up getting a shout out from them about our podcast, and I was truly shocked and very uncomfortable. Um, and I happened to be sitting next to uh, Kate Claiborne, who's was wonderful. Finally got to meet her in real life, which was really fun. Oh, yes. Get, get luck of the draw. Yeah. Love that book. It was great. And she and love her. Yes. And uh, she was like, do you want me to point you out? I was like, no, this is awful. <laughs> I would have been awful. like, I would have stood up. I would have just automatically stood up. You could have, your if legs would have just carried you up. They would Because I'd be like, up. somebody's giving me recognition. I must stand up. This must be about me. <laughs> That's why it's good that I wasn't there. They called you out by name, too, and said, yeah. Because they've been talking. So it was for authors. Like, if authors wanted to start their own podcast, um, which they should. It's yes. free. It, it's not free. The barrier to entry is very low. Um, and we're both bozos, and we can do it. So, um, and they're talking about, like, ideas and so they mentioned learning the tropes and how our conceit is somebody who doesn't read romance uh and somebody who does and how that could go really wrong but she mentioned how 
um, funny she thought it was and how respectful we are about the books and how respectful you are about everything. So it was really, really sweet. And had you been in the room, you would have started tearing up a bit, I bet. I'm a little emotional right now. (laughs) Well, as I said previously in many episodes of this podcast, Mm -hmm. as a guest in Romancelandia, it's nice to know that I'm uh, uh, not making a mess. (laughs) <laughs> that's it that i have the... not brought any dirt or mud onto the carpet <laughs> you know make sure the seat is down nice and clean boom there you go yeah that's me in romance landia uh yep everyone was asking about you uh-huh well that's nice yeah it was cool um and everybody was really sweet and the panels were so interesting and it was just so great to see the community sort of like in the flesh and they were great and i met also julia quinn i was very excited about her um because she's fantastic and um yeah and it was great and i loved it It was very tiring and it was a lot of days in a marriott but the food was actually pretty good oh so you were you had to buy food right it wasn't like a provided thing okay um and then last night because we're recording this um, on a Saturday was the Rita's, which is their Oscars. So the Rita's was very exciting because the first uh, black woman won a Rita. And so that was uh, Kennedy Ryan for Longshot. So that was very exciting. She was the only author of color to win. Um, we had Nisa Sharma won for Young Adult Romance for My So-Called Bollywood Life. Um, and a great, a lot of other really, really fantastic wins. So uh, it was very exciting. The readers have been around for 37 years. 37 and, years. And this was the first time. And it is uh, sh- shocking, but also really great. And it was a really great night. So congratulations to everybody who won. It's time. Past time, some might say. Yeah. <laughs> that too. I wasn't at the readers, though. So I was just following along on Twitter. So I did not attend those. But Oh, okay. Anyway, um, let's talk about the main event. <laughs> course we're talking about slade the new species book two dennis turned smiling smugly at trisha we have an incoming half man half dog that's not funny trisha sighed i dumped my dinner for this grow up dennis he lifted his hands still smiling i wish this were a joke but i'm serious He's been rescued from some Frankenstein research facility for a drug company. We have incoming to different hospitals to the tune of about 65 patients. We're the nearest trauma center, and they are flying him to us because he's the worst of the victims. The on-site paramedics and the life flight crew have confirmed that this man is human with doggy parts. All right, Clayton, what do you think of this cover? Well, so you print out the show notes, and this is a different cover than what I had. I This is the cover I did have, so I'm confused how that worked. The, we, so the cover I you have is a gentleman with a very nice body, mm-hmm. obviously, covering his face, but it looks like he's covering his face in shame. Oh, okay, right? yeah, Right, it looks I like he's it. saying, don't look at me, don't look. Like, that's what I do when I get up in the morning. I do that. That's the how I look. I don't need that in a romance. Have you seen the famous um, Michelle Williams when she's wiping a tear away in Fosse Verdon? No. It's everybody Google it. It is hilarious. She st- she wipes a tear across her face and then she brings her whole arm around and then pulls her hair back. Oh, that's amazing. It's so funny. It's it was such a strong choice and I move. love her for it. So the the cover I have and I'm showing Aaron right now is it's the I think it's the re-release cover. 
Mm-hmm. And it's it looks kind of like the Fury cover we had. This guy is tan and buff and ripping his shirt, and you can see most of his face. Yeah, you're right. I like that cover. That's sexy. I mean, that guy's impossibly ripped, too. Yeah, he's like, and he's, he's got, ripping his shirt off. He's like, I can't even yeah. get off of me, Haynes. Yeah. <laughs> it is a Haynes t-shirt, definitely. So I like this one better. Why don't you give a quick synopsis for the people who haven't read this book but i don't understand why you wouldn't have because the new series is uh, the new species is an amazing series um so what happens in this book is it focuses on slade who was a character we met in fury now you don't necessarily have to read fury to uh understand this book but it does i think give you some understanding of the world and what's happening (laughs) actually you might be very confused (laughs) if you read slade and don't read fury so Slade is one of the new species, which is this uh, evil drug company created these uh, half people, half animal uh, creatures who are known as the new species. And this one's about Slade. And Slade was horribly abused by this company. And in the beginning of this book, he's been taken to a hospital. And our heroine, Trisha Norbit, um, doctor... Trisha Norbit, uh, is asked to come in and help him because she was once a veterinarian. And she's asked this in a very, very uh, glib way by a doctor who is super unprofessional <laughs> and keeps calling him a doggy, <laughs> which so cracked me up. This guy was such an asshole, and he was like, he's got doggy parts. <laughs> the, uh, this book delivers from page one. Absolutely. It so, doesn't yeah. stop delivering. So anyway, he uh, uh, Trisha goes in to, to, to make sure he's okay after stabilizing him earlier. And Slade grabs her and assaults her. So not That's as not funny. funny. Not no. funny. Um, then we cut to later where uh, Trisha is working at Homeland, which is where they, uh, the new species, live. And she has run into Slade. And Slade doesn't remember her. But then eventually they figure out that Slade figures out that this is the woman that he tried to uh, uh, assault and still kind of picks on her in a very nasty kind of way. And then they eventually do get together. But it's after there's this huge car wreck. There's injuries. There's death. There's killing hillbillies. uh, And that's. Pretty much what goes on. I mean, I don't want to give away what happens at the end and all this stuff, but I mean, we will be spoiling. We it. will be spoiling, it, but it's it's an on the road thing more than I wanted it to be. I guess. Yeah. So that was your big criticism of Slade was that there was too, too much time just spent in the woods hiding. Like yeah. she's hiding and Slade is somewhere else. He keeps leaving her, which is something that she does pull out later and say, "If you leave me one more time, it's over." But he does comically leave her several times <laughs> in danger because these hillbillies are nasty as we find in the you know in like the fifth or sixth chapter is a very nasty scene that i did not like but we'll get into that how do so we were texting when we started writing uh, reading this book that we were so excited to be back in this world and every page something made us just go nuts because we forgot how unprofessional everybody is in this mm-hmm. world and how much disdain, like, the main characters, the main heroes or heroines have for, like, doctors and uh, any professional, right? 
Um, they also, and you mentioned this right before the podcast, is like everybody is so judgmental. All the characters are continuously judging each other, scrutinizing each other in such a horrible way that it does make you self-conscious reading these books because it's so hard. And the new species can smell sex on you, so there's no way you can get away with having sex with somebody without them immediately saying it. Yeah. And they have no tact. The new species are animals uh, uh, who don't know how to relate to human beings, even though... They've been around human beings, it seems like, a longish enough time that they might be a little bit better. You'd think. But no. No. They never get better. But it's also like they were raised in cages for most of their lives. And so it, horribly abused. Yeah. So you totally understand, like, their interpersonal skills are not going to be, like, fantastic. Justice is the only one that seems to be have any tact. And he, even he's like, just, just tell me who you fucked. Yeah. That's all I want to know. Because basically, <laughs> when they are on the run... Trish has been obsessed with Slade since he just basically, like, jumped on top of her and started talking dirty to her, and she was really into it. So how do we, before we get into it, Mm. how did we feel about that? I, you know what it is? It's something about this universe with new species that so many things happen that, like, anywhere else I would be like, this is really gross and problematic and bad modeling. And for some reason with this, I was like, yeah, I'm on board. Like... The whole, the way that they meet is he basically just, she is checking on him. Normally he's in restraints. He doesn't realize that um, Mercantile, or where were they that they, Mercantile? Mercantile, he's out of Mercantile they, though. But he got saved. He he didn't know that he was out. Oh, yeah. So he still thought that she was either one of the evil people who was keeping him trapped or somebody sent in to have sex with him, which apparently would happen because they were just like sadistic fucks. And so... He basically is attracted to her, so he's sort of is, you know, talking dirty to her, like straddling her, saying basically he's going to, like, keep her and fuck her a hundred ways to Sunday. And she's really starts getting into it, and then people come in and take him off and sedate him and everything, and she doesn't see him for, like, over a year. And she specifically applies to work at Homeland in the hopes of seeing Slade again. Mm -hmm. So she is certainly into it. So I had a conversation. So I always I, I talk about Annie pretty much every episode yeah. because we work Annie, together. The co- third co-host. Yeah, because well, we work together. And so we have conversations about the books. And we so I was defending the that stuff in this book. I don't want to say defending. That makes me seem like I'm like uh, defending assault. But I was saying that the way it's written in the world, like you were saying, the way it is, is somehow gives it that kind of situation more of a pass for me. But her thought was, well, it's still the thing, even though it's in a different universe and even though it, it, it it's, it's still like wrong and not a great uh, thing to be modeling, right? Y- yes. And, and I know, and so it's like, I... It's a thorny issue for me personally, too, because being a guy, it's like a different I most likely and hopefully not will will ever be in a situation like that. Like I I hopefully will never be in a situation where I'm being assaulted. Right. Right. But it's because it's it is rarer for a guy to be in that situation than women. Right. So for me it's very hard for me to defend that kind of behavior, even in a fictional way, just because 
it's not something that I can relate to as much on that level. So not to make things serious, but that that's where it was hard for me because then I went back to her because I was trying to defend the well, in this case, it's fine because it's this crazy world and these crazy characters. And I had to actually kind of apologize where I said, why? Sorry for being glib, because I do understand why this could be something that people wouldn't want to deal with. And to like laugh it off because it's these books made me seem so kind of insensitive. And I still in, I still enjoy these books, but there are those moments in these books that do start to really chafe me and they they can make the other stuff. It's it's very hard to like stand up for these books because of the prominence of a lot of this stuff. And I You're think right. it and I think it got worse when they are on the road and there's that crash and all that stuff and the hillbillies come after them and there's this long scene where she's tied up and being tortured and assaulted when we know Slade is in the area. Number one, Slade leaves her so many times. He's so he's such a shitty dude. <laughs> like he should be protecting her, not because she's a woman, but because there's guys with guns and he's a huge beast who can kill these guys with guns. But that scene of her being threatened with rape is too long. It's too long and gratuitous. And it's not this. It, it's it's not. This isn't about like, oh, it's a animal person. So this wouldn't happen. These are like gross hillbillies that are threatening rape and assaulting her. And it's too much. So that was very like the middle of this book was hard just because we're not even dealing with the fun stuff about his penis getting uh, uh, swole and stuck inside her after sex or them not being able to understand social mores or whatever. Like it's just a book. It's just hillbillies threatening a woman. And one of the key things for, I think all kind of art in like movies and books and all this stuff is if you have a concept, the scenes in those, this movie or this book should be only things that can happen in this book. Like use what you have, which are these like animals who are who are like have human, you know, features and stuff and super buff. Don't put this weird hillbilly almost rape scene in it. It seems gratuitous. I don't know. Maybe tie him up and torture him and she has to save him. What do you think? Um, I know that was very long. No, I mean, you said a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I think I agree. And I think we've talked about this before, about like the threat of rape for women is omnipresent, even when like it doesn't need to be talked about. So it's like just that she was alone with that guy would be enough for there to be a threat of rape. Um, And so I also thought it was gratuitous and it went on for a very long time. Um, So... Yeah, and obviously if that is something that is, like, triggering for you or not something that you want to read, like, avoid this book 100%. I, 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 and I get the point of sort of modeling behavior and all those things. I do wonder if it is part of the fantasy, though, that this happens but then the actual thing that happens that could happen doesn't she's saved where a lot of times no, no half man, half dog is coming to save you. 
You know what I mean? So there's almost a fantasy of that. Like, so you're saying if in real life something like that happened to somebody, they didn't have anybody to come save them, and the fantasy is being saved. Yeah. Where there's a, there's a world where they could avoid something. It, I, I, I do get that. So there's, yeah. But there's a lot of psychology because the way some people read into it is different than how other people, depending on their, uh, you know, how they respond to what happens to them. Right. And I think were, were I to write a book, I wouldn't include a rape scene just because I feel like at this stage in most media, it's been dealt with in a way. <laughs> there's enough that there's you could enough, go back and like, watch I don't feel read. like there's anything to add. I'm not to say that there isn't like a wonderful author out there who could add something to the discourse, but I think, um, as much as these books are fantasy and wish fulfillment, I do think there's an aspect of of that with that scene. I do think it went on too long. I do think it was a little bit gratuitous, but... Um, He's like, tell me, <laughs> say that you're an animal-loving moron. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's, there's so many of those things. But I think it is um, fantasy. And I think something that... I mean, not to put words in your mouth, but I think something that is uh, surprised to you about reading so many romances is how sad some of the stories are. And I think that is also a reflection of sort of what people deal with. And you want to see people overcoming things. So um, she she wasn't ultimately um, raped, but she was certainly sexually assaulted. And I think seeing her, what I thought was interesting was in the moment she was basically like, I want to die. I don't want to live having been raped. Which, when I read that, I was like, whoosh, this is not good. But then, you know, she, when she talks to Slade about it, and he's like, no, you always survive. There was always something afterwards. There was always a reason to keep going. Um, it isn't who you are isn't what happened to you. Which I thought was a good, important thing to be said as well. Like, you aren't the things that happened to you, and it's and it's not your fault, and life is worth living, and there is nothing that can happen to you that would change that um which i also think is important i get it though like listen i'm not saying that andy's wrong you know it yeah and it's, it's, it's true it's a it's a personal opinion and also it's it, as like a, a a guy reading these things and as a guy navigating the world i have to think about my reactions to these things more just because like i'm not the one tied up you know, it's I'm not most likely going to be the one tied up, you know, so I have to think, well, I don't know. It's it's hard because like I th- that stuff is not fantasy for me, like the the almost being assaulted is not something that is a fantasy for me because it just I don't know. It just isn't. And it, I think I'm not it, saying that's the fantasy. I uh, the think fantasy's being, being saved, saved in a nick of time is the fantasy. Absolutely. But then there's also the fantasy of him being on top of her a- at the beginning when he's kind of drugged up and like rubbing his penis on her when she wants to get away. Yeah. For some women that is part of a fantasy and that's okay. Again, we we're not shaming fantasies. It's it's if you want that to happen in a fantasy situation, that's awesome and that's what gets you off and that's great. But for me like it's not a, at all a fantasy for me to pretend to be doing that to somebody. You know what I mean? Because that would be my side of it. So I, that's the thing with me with these kind of books. That's why I don't 
I don't like that in the book because it doesn't make me squirm. It makes me squirm in a bad way, not in a good way. Yeah. I think they got really heavy, but I just, the thing was, I just uh, wanted to talk about it a little bit because it's something about these books that I wish weren't in them because they're so entertaining otherwise. They're so, these characters are so fun. (laughs) The, the, how persnickety everybody is, is like just so funny to me. And even the detail of, when Slade sees Trisha at uh, Homeland, and the whole conceit of this book is that he tried to have sex with her and then doesn't realize that it's her. And I thought, okay, how are they going to work around this? What's going to be the – is it going to be extreme trauma? Does he have uh, memory loss? Does he have amnesia? Does he have fake Im- memory implants or something? No, she changed her hair. (laughs) She changed her hair. That's it. He didn't recognize her because she changed her hair. She went from a redhead to her (laughs) back to her natural blonde. And he was like, new woman. (laughs) That was so insane. (laughs) And I I couldn't. I couldn't recover. I had to like to put the book down (laughs) for a couple minutes because I thought, if it's amnesia, that's different. He's a different person or whatever. He Or he was feral at the time, which he kind of was. He was drugged up and stuff. But the excuse he gives is that it's a hair change. And then when he finds out this information, he still kind of is um, uh, saying like, na- like sexual stuff to her, which I would feel like you might want to back away a little bit. After, after, not Slade. No, not Slade. He just keeps poking and poking. The thing that I also loved about Slade as a character is like his internal monologue is very like sweet and full of emotion. And he definitely has like all of these feelings and everything. But when he speaks, he is a different person in a way that I have never seen occur in another book where he is like pretty vile and pretty mean to her and very dismissive. And has all these weird jokes about, like, slapping her ass and stuff. and But internally, he's like, I love her so much. I just need to protect her and stay away from her. And I'm like, this isn't the same person. No, you don't talk. Yeah, he... He is, like, I think we probably talked about this with Fury, about how he is basically, like, a 13, 14-year-old mentally, as far as, like, I don't know how to deal with these emotions, so I'm just going to be mean. Mm -hmm. He doesn't understand that, like... No, you should tell her these nice things. But also Trisha. She's very immature as well. Trisha is insanely immature for But it also makes sense, I guess, if she was in med school at 14, she's also a genius, that she wouldn't have those skills as well. So it almost is like they are a perfect match. Well, there's that great scene at the beginning where, uh, you know, she's taking care of him before the attempted assault uh, because she was a veterinarian at a point. And... Her friend, which is also like that's not. It doesn't. It's like a whole different breed. So a vet it's not going to make it. A step on becoming a doctor. You don't start with kittens and then go to people. <laughs> <laughs> she did. Listen, she's a success story. Doctor Norbit is not normal. But I, I, I was also just like, did you do that veterinarian rotation? I was like, huh? What? Yeah. Okay. Sure. We got this dog person. He's disgusting. That's the other thing. Is all the other doctors. Awful people. Or awful people and just say horrible shit about the new species when immediately. When they're doing the initial intake, he's 
he has all these shots on his ass and, it, and that's how they say it they're like uh looks like he has a bunch of needle uh marks on his ass <laughs> <laughs> and these buff guys they can't turn around to hit their own ass so somebody else has been giving him ass shots and i was like huh well her and someone else says oh you got to watch out those guns and she's like a gun where because she's used to being pulled into emergency rooms with a ho- crazy homeless people mm-hmm. that smell really bad, which she describes, or like ha- someone having knives or having guns. Her friend Sally, who at the beginning of this book, Trisha goes on this long screed about how she can't relate to anybody. She has no friends. She has no friends. And then she sees Sally in the hall and she's like, oh, Sally, my friend. And Sally's the one who says about the guns. <laughs> and they're like taking clothes off this shot up like he's like shot and he's uh bleeding and all this stuff he's a mess and she's like well this guy's a hunk you haven't noticed you haven't noticed his guns and she's like that's so unprofessional this dog person could be dying on your table and she's like wow check out his (laughs) check out his lats (laughs) it's so funny so that's like the beginning of the book yeah um but yeah, and of course, as this is uh, the same thing that happened in Fury with Ellie, um, uh, Trisha has body image issues. Uh, she's very uh, uh, talking about her weight a lot. Um, th- people talk about how hot she is and how nice her boobs are and things and how nice her ass is. But uh, there's this hilarious moment near the end where Valiant, who is the protagonist of the next book, uh, is holding her and talks about how uh, skinny she is and how frail she is. And she gets mad at him because she, number one, is healthy. She's not too skinny because before she's pregnant, spoiler alert, she gets pregnant in this book. By Slade. By Slade. Uh, she said, before I was pregnant, I was 10 pounds overweight. Which is an insane statement to make. Also, this is like a situation of high tension. It's not – they're just hanging out with each other. This is like they need to get her out of a situation and she's yelling about how, hey, I'm not skinny. I was 10 pounds overweight before I got pregnant. Yeah, she's like I had had 10 pounds to lose when I was – before I got pregnant, which is like – no one has 10 pounds to lose. That's also like a weird myth. Like their body image issues in these books are insane. I mean, I could lose 10 pounds. I could stand to lose 10 pounds. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, it's just what it's like. That's the patriarchy. It's just like, oh, you don't have 10 pounds. Anyway, it's, like, yeah. it's annoying. I thought you were going to talk about it, how like Fury, the way that Slade like started to uh, try to flirt with her was just like, creepily following her home alone when she's walking by herself which is what fury did as well yes and so basically when these new species men just like a woman they just like i don't want to say stalk them they're animals but it is like they stalk creepy yeah so she's basically just like walking home from work and he just starts following her well and he busts in on her because as we know at homeland there is no privacy for anybody Everybody wants to know who's having sex with who. Everybody just wants to be able to walk into somebody's uh, bathroom whenever they want. There's constantly people walking in on her, various <laughs> stages of dress, naked, in the bathtub. Nobody cares. We're opening doors. We're opening doors. We have the key card. We have the universal We're key card. In. We're getting in. Oh, yeah. You're having sex. We're going to comment on the things you say in bed. <laughs> what? They there's a scene we're jumping so much around. Where I don't, just read this book. These two other characters, Brass and Harley, are talking about what Slade's going to do to Trisha when he gets home from work and how uh, uh, Harley wishes he could watch it. Yeah. 
<laughs> he's eating. This is the other thing that's hilarious. This is in the morning, and he's talking to Trisha about this very inappropriately. And he's eating popcorn for some reason. And she, instead of being like, don't talk about wanting to watch me have sex. She instead points out that eating popcorn in the morning is disgusting, (laughs) which has to be something the author thinks. You get such insights into her brain. Well, do do you believe because the reason I think this, especially now, is because there's no real difference between Ellie and Trisha. What what is the difference in their personalities? I mean, they both have body image issues. They both work at Homeland. They both have no uh, like uh, uh, family. Yeah, family. So they're almost the same person. Yeah. So that's why I feel like they are standing in for the author. Right. I think as you read more, people get more and more different. I mean, I haven't read past Slade, but Mm -hmm. it does seem from the blurbs on Goodreads. Um, Yeah. Well, when he so when Slade busts in the first time to grab her because somebody had an accident, it's so frantic because they were trying to call her, trying to call her. And he picks her up and carries her out. It's because a guy cut his hand making dinner. Which is not does not seem like too much of an emergency that they'd have to bust into her bathroom and and tear her out of the shower. Right. Because she was like, well, I was in the shower. It's like, how long could your shower possibly be uh-huh. that people would immediately raise the alarm? Because I feel like if I called somebody, they didn't call me back for 20 minutes. I'd be like, yeah, they're probably in the shower probably in the shower. Like, I would not be like, oh, we got to send someone in there, break down some doors. Well, Slade wanted to get in there. But... Oh, yeah. Slade was in there anyway. And he was like, oh, is somebody cut his hand. Um, no, I mean, that was fantastic, too. And then they go on a road trip. I do like how people just die in this world, too. Like, we don't worry about them. Well, poor Bart. Bart gets castrated and dies. <laughs> but Bart was too stupid to live because he got injured in this SUV crash. So it's Trisha and Slade and Bart, who's this young security guy. And he it just seems like so, they make him out to be such a wimp, too, because he starts crying and Slade hates that when he after he's, he's injured. But these uh, anti uh new species people who seem to be everywhere like it's uh, i mean hanging out in the woods like they're militias full of these guys who have nothing better to do than plot to kill new species don't know what their jobs are don't know if they're you know getting money from the state who knows but uh they're everywhere and bart is injured and is like i'm going to stay behind because these humans will know I'm human and they're not going to kill me. I'm not new species. They're not going to kill me. And then they walk away and they're like, fine. So it's like, we'll leave you. If you're stupid, we'll leave you. They walk away and then they hear gunshots. And then, and of course he's going to get killed by these guys. Cause yeah. he was hanging out with new species. He was a security guard for them. He was driving the car. Why would they not kill him? He's a traitor to their, their species in their mind. But they shot him point blank with a a, a shotgun in the uh, genitals, which is a bad way to go. Yeah, it's rough stuff. Yeah. Um, I like the thing that was funny about this book, too. Like the things that you include are so many pee breaks. Mm, we, she had to pee a lot. Every time she peed, we learned about it, mm-hmm. which I just also thought was funny because I'm like, I read a book and I don't listen to a character p once and i just assume they're doing it off the page but not here they're like mm, she has to piss again and he's showing her to the woods and uh she's pissing again 
And I just found that really funny and an odd thing to like need to include. And as he doesn't well. want to be downwind from it ever. A fair. Yeah. Makes sense. Because they have really good smell. Sense of smell. Yeah. So then they end up having sex. It, after he says he doesn't want to have sex with her on the ground because he wants to show her that he's not an animal, they end up doing it anyway. Okay. Yeah. He's like, I don't want her to think I'm an animal. I have to wait till homeland and then I'm going to fuck her good on a bed. And I'm like, man, great plan. No. Mm, two pages later, they're fucking on the ground. Uh-huh. I mean, it sounds amazing. She sounds very into it. He has to, like, put his hand over her mouth so she doesn't, like, scream. That Very sexy. Very hot. Like, w- Lauren, for whatever faults we might give her, like, can write a sex scene. Oh, yes. Absolutely. And the SUV crash was really tense, mm-hmm. too. And I was able to follow what was happening. The other scene that was really tense mm-hmm. was Slade leaves Trisha. Shocker. Shocker. Leaves Trisha to go and make sure there's no more camps of these guys. And she's waiting and she's kind of in this little hole waiting. And these two guys show up and claim that they're there to save her. And they're mentioning justice. They're mentioning Homeland. They say they have these passwords and stuff. And she couldn't see them. She didn't see any kind of animal type um, features on their face. And so she wasn't sure if they were a new species or not. And that was a genuinely tense scene because I did not know which way it was going to go. Now, uh, it became more and more obvious, but I thought that was like a really, really tense scene. And I love that because – she she kept saying, wow, they're really good at lying. They're really good at lying. But I was like, are they lying, though? Or like, are they is she going to shoot a new species? Because that would be nuts because Slade would be that would have been a weird turn for this book to, to take because then Slade would have to be in love with somebody who murdered a new species, which is not cool. But uh, spoiler alert, they tend, end, end up to be not new species. And she blows them away, which is very cool. <laughs> um. Well, and also you get an insight into her intelligence without her being like, I'm very smart, mm-hmm. which she doesn't do in this book, which no. I think is like other we've read other books where it's just falls into the person constantly saying how smart they are. Yeah. And Trisha never does. You know that she is because she's like a literal doctor, like baby genius. But then with this where she's like, well, what's the password for today? And I was like, oh, that's genius. Uh huh. And then she's like. And then they say noose as the password. And then she's like, well, maybe there is a password and I don't actually know about the password. So maybe that wasn't such a great thing. And then, yeah, she she's like, finds what out. was yesterday's password? And he goes, I was off yesterday. <laughs> Which is such a great lie. <laughs> they don't tell me the passwords on day off. So you just have to like, what, stay in your room? I love, too, that he's like, well, we changed the password once the crash into, until you in case you got compromised. But I'm like, then what is the good of the password? Yeah. I know. Wouldn't the password be for this exact situation? There is no password is the, is what it is. Yeah. But for sort of for her thinking through it, I thought that was really great. Um, they talk a lot about how they think that the new species are sterile. So that's the thing, too, with these, like, militia guys, which is, like, what hate groups are not based in logic. So I don't want to assign them logic. But it, if you do think that they're sterile, then why wouldn't you be like, yeah, in 20 years they'll all be gone, so who cares? <laughs> yeah, um... For a hate group, they were uh, uniquely stupid. No, I there's other pretty stupid hate groups, but yeah, yeah they were particularly dumb. Uh huh. Um, but then, spoiler, she does get pregnant by Slade. Wow. So basically, what happens is she's picked up, then they put her under a tense um, bodyguards and constant watch and stuff because they think that 
she's being targeted because she also did a um, gynecological uh, rotation before or after the vet stuff. And probably after. Probably after. <laughs> and so they think that the reason that, that she was hired was to try to get them to be able to reproduce, um, which isn't true. But she, after her and Slade raw dogged in the woods twice, no pun intended. Uh-huh. <laughs> totally intended. Um, she ends up pregnant. And the thing about this book, too, is, like, she acted also... So, anyway, so when they get back to Homeland after this, like, ordeal she went through, she makes Slade promise to come back to her, and he just doesn't. Because he's in a meeting with, like, Fury and Justice and a bunch of these people, and they're just sort of like, uh, she's in extreme danger, and she'll be in more danger if she's... If any of us start mating with human women. Although, like, a bunch of them end up doing it anyway, so I don't understand the stress of it. So he's like, well, that'll put her in more danger, so I need to excuse myself in this situation i guess no book would work if people just talked about things but this one in particular so he bounces so she just acts like a woman scorned which is just like she is but also aren't there bigger fish to fry mm-hmm. that it's like you're pregnant and literally you don't know what's going to happen yeah i mean the pregnancy again is we you don't it's never happened before so the the whole gestation process could be dangerous the whole it coming out could be dangerous there's a really funny scene where she this is after uh he uh he left her and went to the reservation or whatever this after slate is gone and she's by herself she has a conversation with justice and she says well New species has, has been able to conceive, and he goes, "Oh well, do the do the couple does the couple know?" Blah 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 blah, and it comes out, it's me, and he's like, "Oh well, who's the who's the father? Is it Brass? Who Brass was hanging out with her after uh, Slade had left, and Brass has a thing for her, but they never were physical. They just watch movies and hang out together. Although he has at first has a very hard time not just butting in and like you know." Uh, uh, giving her privacy like they all do no yeah and of course not because the first time he comes into her place he just uh comes into her bathroom again which they just <laughs> love to do <laughs> but she goes well he it's a one night stand he doesn't love me so i'm not going to tell you who it is uh it's my baby makes this huge stand and then justice is like well i smelled slate on you so it's slayed <laughs> the father is slayed <laughs> i cracked up at that because she makes this stand like it's my baby and it doesn't and I'll matter never tell and i'll you. never tell and he's like no i remember when you we rescued you i smelled those two guys and then i smelled slate so yes yeah, Slade's the father <laughs> well then i just i can't keep any secrets because no, you smell there's everything no secrets at homeland no you can't keep a secret from anybody because not also- a smell-based secret at very least no, people just walk into your house at any time. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember how often Trisha was also like, tell me about how you fuck? Uh-huh. To oh. Ellen Fury. Yes. Ellie and Fury. Oh, and this is great. This was a little funny segment where when they're talking about how she is now pregnant, she says, well, Ellie and Fury could probably get pregnant. It might just be an issue like, you know, I don't know. Fury has a low sperm count. I would not want to be the person who tells Fury <laughs> That he has a low sperm count. I wanted to see that scene. Uh, that cracked me up. Yeah. Or there's something wrong with it. But Ellie and Fury are so terrified of doctors. I'm like, they ain't doing shit. No, they're not. No, absolutely. They will not get pregnant. No, they're not going to try. They're mm-hmm. fine. They're fine. Um, 
But the crazy thing about this book is so much of it is her being pregnant. And then it ends without her giving birth. It, it, I mean, is that going to be in the next book? But why would it be? Because the next book is about Valiant. But yeah. And why? And so we don't get to see that. Like, like we've been here this whole time. Like, I want to see how it ends with like, how does the gestational period end? And when she gives birth and it's like, mostly in romance novels, you only get to see the two main characters in her lives like you it is rare that you would see somebody else do anything so it's like so we're gonna see the birth of the baby through valiant's point of view or whoever this other woman is that he ends up with like i don't want that is that is it the doula is like the heroine the doula no do you want to know what valiant's book is yeah you can tell me so valiant is he lives in the what is it called the other lands or something yeah yeah um where people who were, were they're too feral or they were wrong experiments is what they say and i wish we had met some of the people who like went wrong because that's really interesting um but valiant is he just basically hates humans so much he can't be around humans and he tries to kill oh my we have to talk about when slade finds out she's pregnant but secondly anyway so valiant lives in this giant victorian house out in the other lands where humans are not allowed um and so what happens is they are uh catering a big party at the reservation which is what they call it the like second homeland and one of the cater waiters just gets lost and it ends up in Valiant's backyard and that's it. That's the next book. Yeah. And he falls in love with his waiter. Mm hmm. Okay. That's very interesting. I know we will, we'll be reading it. Yes. Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course. Please. And they also said Valiant looked more cat like than person. I was like, yeah, I'm into it. I was just picturing like the meow mix cat on like a really buff body. Nice. Um, but so th- as soon as she tells Justice that she's pregnant, he's like, we got to move you to this place that is not as safe and secure, but there are no humans. Because <laughs> the original plan was to put her on the top floor of like a super secure but building. Then we learn immediately that there are literally 400 humans working on building reservations. So I'm like, I don't understand how this is better yeah. than Homeland where she knows people and she can just be like, have them just say that she has like fucking Ebola or something. Like, and who cares? it turns out that some of the people working or like some of the construction workers are actually anti-new species people. I really hope that goes away. Yeah. I mean, hate groups just in the world, but also in the new species universe. Like I, they do just pop up as like cartoon villains every once in a while. They're so, yeah, they're so cartoonishly brutal and stupid that like, I understand you don't want to make them sympathetic in any way, but they're so comically dumb. And, uh, and they do, they're just like, they're everywhere. Like you said, they're everywhere. Yeah. It just seemed like such a weird, and so Slade is the one running the construction of this new homeland. Yeah. So it's just bizarre. It's like, if so, she doesn't want Slade to know that she's the dad, that he's the father. And also you want her away from humans. Why are you putting her where she's going to be under Slade's, uh, Slade's control? And also there are 400 humans. Mm-hmm. Justice. You weren't thinking this through. No, he's, he's not thinking it through. And it's all, whatever. And all the humans who work at Homeland have already been like vetted extensively. Because the only people, yeah, like the previous book in Fury Homeland was secure, but some of the rednecks came and like rammed their car and and stuff into it. But yeah, there they've got people going in and out that are humans that who knows. So yeah, it's not smart. So they bring her to this little like a frame, 
And she and Valiant shows up because he's like, I could smell humans two miles away and he's pissed. But then he's like, oh, she's one of us because she's carrying a baby. And like even Valiant is very excited about the prospect of a baby, which no, I don't. I did feel like I would like one person to be like, have we thought this through? Yes. Nobody did. And it's like, I understand you want the, your species to survive and that's like a genetic imperative and all that stuff. But it, it was sort of like, we're not like, what will this person's life be? Yeah. And what will they be? Because we were created, not born. So what is this baby going to be? How is, how are these things going to mix? Yeah. She's, the baby is a quarter dog. Yeah. Um, and then, so basically Slade shows up. All he does is like drive places and slam the door. <laughs> <laughs> so he drives up, slams the door. And then Valiant is like, well, she's pregnant. So I don't mind. And Slade immediately thinks that she was boning justice. Yeah. Which is, it, which it, is it, like kind of out of left field. Like what, why justice all of a sudden? I know. It, it, I mean, it, at it least her be, bodyguards, you're like, she's around them all day. Yeah. It would be brass, but I don't think he knew that brass was hanging out with her yeah. as much as he was. And then so he just shows up and starts yelling about how she's carrying a bastard and she's his and all this stuff that is like so problematic. But, you know, it worked on me and I liked it. So his whole your mind. Yeah, thing. loved the, it. The one thing with him, too, is that he would only call her Trish when they he was inside her was his big thing. He I, would know, call I didn't her, understand the name thing. He would call her doctor. But then only when he was fucking would he use her actual name. But she preferred to be called by her name than Doc. Yeah, Doc. That's right. He would say Doc. And she's like, call me Trisha. Why do you not call me? And then there is a funny scene at the beginning, too, where she's like, why do you hate me? Why do you not like me? And it's like, he, this guy tried to assault you. Why are you asking him why he doesn't like you? And also, who is this guy to you? Yeah, exactly. Well, she's obsessed with him. I know. Because he didn't change his hair. That's how she recognized mm-hmm. him. <laughs> Had he got a haircut, it would have been all over. <laughs> then we wouldn't have a book. <laughs> It'd be two people like, just wandering around, not knowing each other. Man, so. Great stuff. Slade. We did Slade. Yeah. So Fury is still your Fury over Slade. Yeah, you know, the reason being is that it mostly was in Homeland. This, the whole middle section with the hillbillies, I was like, this could be in any other book. Mm -hmm. This doesn't need to be, I mean, yeah, he like killed some people and that was cool. But what makes this interesting is their environment and the political goings on at uh, Homeland. That's your thing. That that's that's like bureaucracy. Yeah. Well, and also maybe if they were in a more controlled, like maybe if they were, like we talked about this, I think in the Fury episode, like uh, you know, Ellie and Fury, they're the first celebrity couple, right? Like, let's see, uh, let's see TMZ talking to them. Let's see them living in New York City. I know we always say live in New York City, but <laughs> living in a big city, something like that, like having trying to have a normal life, and then that would be interesting, like. How does your next door neighbors in your, uh, you know, your loft uh, think about living next to a dog person? That's more interesting than run of the mill, stupid hillbillies. Right. In my mind, because it's a more unique situation. If you've got, you know, uh, Slade living in a in like a, a, a brownstone. That's funny to me and interesting. But hillbillies, no, thank you. Yeah. 
I was disappointed because when it was like 50% in and we were still in the woods, I was like, is it all going to be in the woods? And it wasn't. I don't, I don't know why. I think I'm more Slade than Fury. You are? Yeah. You mean the character or the book? The book. Okay. And the character. I think I did end up liking Slade more than Fury. Or maybe it's because I read Slade more recently. But I, I think first books are always hard because there's so much you have to explain. And this was pretty much we're dumping you in and f- figure it out, which I like better. Mm-hmm. I like getting then more of like the sort of minutia. You met more people. Mm, I liked it. I mean, I listen, I liked it. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, I think fury still has that. Uh, I probably wouldn't reread this one. Okay. Fair. Yeah. Would you fuck them? Yes. Yes. You would fuck Slade. Yeah. He's not hot. You would fuck Trisha. Dr. Trisha Norbit. Yeah. But she's 10 pounds overweight. That's tough. And (laughs) that will be tough for me, but I will persevere. No, I think she did sound hot. Like, yeah, she did fun. She's super smart. She's a doctor. She's a doctor, but she doesn't like rest on her laurels, which I like. She was just sort of like, not that you shouldn't toot your own horn. You should. But like, she was also extraordinarily juvenile. I don't know. I really like Trisha in a way that I don't think I liked Ellie. Yeah, Ellie was way more, I think, uptight and Mm -hmm. weird, Um, even though I didn't find that big of a difference between the two of them. The more we talk about Trisha, the more, yeah, she seems more capable than Ellie was. Right. Uh, So, yeah, I would fuck Slade. Um, And, yeah, Trisha, sure. I would love to date a doctor because that way I think she could, like, like, allay my fears constantly. Like I'd just be like, what is this? Like, oh, that's nothing. Okay. I'll go get that checked out. Good. That's what I need. So as we're sort of building your perfect girlfriend, we have English. English, <laughs> English accent. Cute English accent. Uh, a cute English accent doctor. Ooh. Um, maybe, you know, veterinarian who worked their way up to doctor, <laughs> uh, which we all know that's the path now since this. Um Otherwise, just be nice. Just be we'll nice. add things to the list, but yeah. so far we have two really big and difficult things. Yes. But we'll see. But nice, I guess. Nice, actually not, nice is like overrated. Nice I, is also, I always find to be like the worst compliment. Like yes. I would rather somebody called me bitchy than nice. Well, you know what it is? I think more than nice, genuine Yeah, is important, but also... uh I think kind is different than nice. Kind is so much different than nice. Yeah, so not nice because nice can be bullshit and fake. Nice is saying, how are you doing today? That's nice, but that's nothing. Kind is uh, truly caring about somebody. So I think kind is what I'm looking for. Yeah. I think nice is when you don't have anything else to say about somebody. So you're like, yeah, they're nice. Mm -hmm. It means they didn't do anything so interesting that I feel like relaying that information and they didn't do anything so mean that I feel like – Relaying that information, they were just uh, milk toast. Yeah. Mm, no. That's like when Sarah said, shouted us out and said that I was respectful. Mm-hmm. If she would have said, he's nice, then I would be like, oh, I don't know if she actually. That would have really, been a dig. Yeah. <laughs> Not really a dig, but I'd be like, <laughs> oh, so she doesn't really like me all that much. You know what I mean? Mm. But respectful is like an actual compliment. Right. Yeah. Shall we do? 
So on so many lists. Of course. And I'm so happy that after, because Fury wasn't on many lists, but that was a lie. It was just because if you change the book cover, uh-huh. it shows you only the list that that specific cover were on. Okay. Which is confusing. Yes. And now I have rectified and now I know you have to change the covers to see all the lists. Great. Let's get started because there's a lot, like I mentioned. Yes. I'll move my mic to the side. Can you hear it? Can I hear it? <laughs> of course I can hear it. <laughs> Did you like that Foley work? <laughs> expert. Expert Foley. Um, erotica and romances, men, vamps, and alien males with endowed and unique penises. Not an alien. Not a vamp. Right? Men. Man. Barely. No, he's a man. He's yeah. a man, baby. Um, <laughs> that's off can i still say that i can't say that anymore no, right? i mean leave it in but also uh, leaving us acknowledging that it is wrong and we've moved past that as a society um uh i guess but barely it's barely on the list he's endowed he is endowed yes and he does the nodding and that's unique okay that's true hot shapeshifter romances no not a shapeshifter Take it off the list. Controlling sexy, possessive men. Yes, very possessive. Uh, best erotic sci-fi romance. Is Technically it sci-fi? sci-fi. I mean, I don't think it's sci-fi. And the reason sci-fi usually has a technological aspect in the sense of. They're splitting DNA. I guess that's true. Like is Jurassic Park sci-fi? Uh, yeah, I guess. Well, you know, it's. Uh, I'll, we'll probably get, you know, uh, messages uh, saying, you know, sci-fi is more diverse than just like aliens and stuff. But when I think of sci-fi, I think of futuristic technology. I think of allegories for things and stuff like that. But I guess you're right. Technically, there is science going on. And it, it this is not – we don't know if this is happening or not we right don't. now. It's impossible it, it to It could know. be happening uh right now and there could be pig people running around and dog people running around that we don't know or see but um yeah so that's a long-winded answer to say yes on the list um but i'm not happy about it we have so many to get through (laughs) uh paranormal pregnancy pnr romance uh yes don't need to have paranormal and pnr does not have to. It's redundant. Well, and PNR romance also redundant. Also, yes, because it is. Yeah, it's the most redundant list. So now I love it. Yes, <laughs> perfect. Add it to the list. True mates and soulmates. Yeah, I do think they are well suited to each other. In that, yeah, they yeah. get a kick out of each other. Um, best romance with forced arranged marriage mating bonding. I don't think it was forced. No, when they actually made, it's not. Uh, so sex, take it off the list. Yeah. Sexy sci-fi and fantasy erotica. Yeah. Yes. We've already been over this. But, yes, 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 yes. Uh, most possessive romantic men. Is he most possessive? I think he's as possessive as most of the ones that we have had. Like these ones that are like shifters or part animal. They seem to all have the same level of um, OTT, you know, over the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, yes. Okay. I forgot where we started, but okay. okay. Um, genetically engineered super soldiers, hybrids, cyborgs, mutants. 
yes, this is the list. Mm-hmm. Those other lists, no. This is the list this belongs on. Because they were being bred as soldiers. Right. Yes. It's hard to get the idea of why these experiments were happening that could have made it worth it. But I think that's for another thing. That'll be a standalone 45-minute episode where we deep dive into why you would do this. Yeah. Um, Baby on the way heroines. Yes. Hottest guy in the cover. Well, I the the cover that I had, yes, super hot. And the cover I had, yes, too. Well, he's covering hot. his face in yeah, shame. They have to cover their face because they don't have dog face models. Well, mm. you should change that. Well, I think that's exclusionary. It is. <laughs> uh, paranormal, stymie, erotic romance. Can you explain? <laughs> I know what stymie means, like stymied. But what does it mean in this context? I think this person meant to write steamy. Because <laughs> <Okay. laughs> I don't know stymie, and they spell it S-T-I-M-M-M-Y-Y-Y. It's supposed to be steamy. Yeah. Well. But they would have spelled, okay, that's, there's a, that's a mess. So we're really doing every list now. Um, it's an incomprehensible list, but I, the, belongs on it what does stymie mean to short someone yeah like when you're stymied you're yeah like you can't say like i'm stymied by that i confused by it or i can't you know really get my head around it using stymie in a sentence for you was i'm stymied by that oh well i'm sorry i mean that's (laughs) yeah 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 um best adult urban fantasy fantasy and paranormal romance again don't know why urban gets into that I, I know it was explained. I still don't like it. Yes. <laughs> Supernatural, in parentheses, like vampire, werewolves, fairies, so on, getting pregnant. No. Hmm? She doesn't get pre- She's not a fairy and she's not any of those things. I, you're right. You are a stickler for these lists. but yeah. okay. Off the list. Off the list. <laughs> get it off there. Next time I check, I don't want to see it. <clears throat> Obviously after Wednesday. Oh, after yeah. After Wednesday. After, I'm yeah. not going to go. At Tomorrow, <laughs> Sunday. Yeah. I'm not going to check on Sunday. No. Yeah. Um, monogamy is DNA. Monogamy is genetic and impossible to avoid in romance novels. <laughs> <laughs> We've had this before. Yeah. I just love it. I had to put it on again. This person is so uh, obsessed with that that, of Gone course, it belongs. Yeah. And, yeah. It, uh, and of course, it belongs on that list because they believe it belongs on this list. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Books with the hottest sex. I would say very hot sex. Yeah, hot sex. Best accidentally pregnant in romance novels. Yeah, it's an accident. Sexy, scarred heroes, beautiful, scarred heroines. Is he scarred? Um, He's got those needle marks on his asshole. <laughs> on his ass. Not his asshole. His asshole. <laughs> on his ass. As the doctor said, he's got needle marks on his ass. Do they have belly buttons, do you think? Probably not. No. They no, because they are not they don't they were not connected to a mommy. That's very interesting. Mm. He he probably has scars from his abuse, unfortunately. Yeah, so, I bet yeah. he is scarred. Yeah. Um so you love a bad boy or tortured hero? He's tortured. I've been tortured, yeah, yeah. Like he's a bit of tortured. a bad boy. I mean he's like a bad boy with no fangs. Uh, no pun intended, because he literally does have fangs. Mm-hmm. Um where I feel like he talks a big game, and then he's like, I'm never following through on any of this. Yeah. Um, families you die to belong in. No. <laughs> Take it off that list. <laughs> I, Family? Like, I, I want to be an uncle? 
I'd want to be an uncle to Slade and and, and uh, uh, Trisha. Like, w- w- what family? I don't know. Who would I be in this family? I don't know. A godfather to the baby. <laughs> no, thank you. Um, because we are sad, sick, para-romance addicts. So this person's judging themselves for being addicted to paranormal romances. So yeah, they're sick. saying they are sad and sick, which I say, don't judge yourself so harshly. Don't, you're not sad and sick. You're beautiful and unique. Yeah. Just uh, let, we'll let that lay for a second. So you know what? I say, uh, no, I won't have anything on that list because you shouldn't feel bad about what you read and what you love. So delete that list. Best beta hero of PNR SFR and fantasy romance. Sci-fi romance SFR. Got it. <laughs> um, beta I was confused by that. I did not think he was, but I didn't necessarily think he was an alpha either. Current, current books, it's very hard to pick who's an alpha and who's a beta because uh, the alphas as they used to be, they used to be so clear cut. And now I don't think, I mean, he, like you said, he talks a good game, but that doesn't make somebody an alpha. He does have ownership over her, but that's the animal in him. So, I guess he's a beta, but maybe he's a hybrid. Hmm? Splice some beta and alpha DNA and see what you get. You get slayed. And add a dog in there. Like, throw a dog in there. Like, doggy parts. I was laughing because they never talk about what kind of dog it was. So, like, what if it's, like, a golden retriever, like (laughs) a pug? Yeah, it could be. I mean, yeah. Um, Check up. Shih tzu. Could be a shih tzu. (laughs) He could just have, like like uh, uh shaggy cheeks mm, yeah a bloodhound bunch of yeah a bunch of folds or yeah bloodhound be sad looking best uh sorry check up doctors in ro- in paranormal romance yeah she's a doctor books that should be made into movies books that should be made into series <laughs> that we should write for amazon or netflix and we are available we're available yeah. Listen, if you're an author, let's just put it out there. If you're an author and you want any of your books adapted, we're happy to do that too. Absolutely. We're not just new species. We are looking for work where work can be found. Mm-hmm. And we'll do it. Yes. Happily. So, yes. yeah, on that list, but also on the list we're going to make. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Do you got tropes? Oh, I do. That's it? What do you mean that's it? That was like, the, no, there were five pages. I picked those. Is that all there is? Uh-huh. Um, tropes. Um, unfortunately, mm, assault. Not a fun trope. Um, forks pro- for Can't speak today. Fork proximity. Fork proximity. <laughs> there was always forks. <laughs> There's always forks in the area, <laughs> which is a weird thing this author always does. She always is like, and there was a fork on the ground. Why? Why do we need to know this? So fork proximity, but also forced proximity, mm. invasion of privacy, um, swelling peni, body image issues, mm. and uh, uh, hero, hero, heroine on the road, and rednecks. Dumb, dumb rednecks. Mm. Which, and listen, and, and just to say this, because we get a lot of stuff about how we're, like, New York-centric. When I'm saying redneck, I'm not, I'm not like, specifying. I'm just saying, like, in this book, they are written as, like, uh, hillbillies and rednecks. Like, they're, like, that's how they're categorized. So that's not me saying that. Just to be, 
we don't we want everybody to feel comfortable listening to this podcast and not feel judged. Yeah, even if you are a hillbilly. Listen, everybody deserves love. Mm-hmm. That's what we're all about. Yeah. Okay. Aaron, what are your tropes? I have forced proximity, love on the run, did, secret. Did you fork proximity? No, I forgot <laughs> fork proximity. Yeah, of course. Uh, secret baby pregnancy. I still don't 100% understand the secret baby trope. So if somebody wants to explain to me what that is. Well, it's a, uh, someone has a baby that is not, uh, hasn't told the, uh, person who made the baby, like the husband oh. or not the husband or like the man. Right. It'd so it's hard to keep from your husband. Yeah. Hiding, hiding pregnancy. Okay. Right. Yeah. Does I that guess that sense? has to be it, but okay. But why is that fun? I don't understand that as like wish fulfillment. Mm-hmm. If that is what romance is, it seems very odd. <laughs> I wish I could just carry a baby for nine months and then spring it on the bother. <laughs> That's like a romantic fantasy that someone has. Yeah. To each their own. No shame. Listen, no shame, but also I don't get it. Yeah. Listen, we're allowed to have our tropes. Like we've tried shifter every which way we can try mm-hmm. and they are not for us. It doesn't seem so. No, no. So yeah, there you go. So uh, maybe secret baby as well. A non-human human. So a non-human with a human. Person. Okay. Uh, unusual sex practices. Uh, Dr. Heroin. Military hero. Because he is. He's like their SWAT team. Oh, yeah. Uh, heroin in constant danger. <laughs> yes, really, always. every 10 pages, someone's trying to kill her. Uh, hero stays away from heroin for her own good. Yes. That happens all the time. What about a abandoned heroin? that's i mean he abandons her several several times yeah yeah there you go so aaron Mm -hmm. what are you swooning about this week so i thought long and hard about what to swoon about this week and then i finally came to this because it is the thing that i have loved and it is the seven husbands of evelyn hugo by taylor jenkins reed now i know i did daisy jones and the six okay mere weeks ago but I love this book so much, and I gave it to two of, of my best girlfriends, and I wrote them. I don't know if it's pretentious or nice, but I like to write notes in books that I gift people about why I'm giving them the book. I made you do that when you gave me a book against your wishes, but I insisted um, to sort of capture the moment and how I was feeling and giving them these books. And um, they're such good friends that both of them – read it immediately my one friend has a 14 month old son and she was staying up till 4 a.m reading it so i'm i apologize but also sorry i'm not sorry it's a great book and it is a book about uh, a woman a movie star clayton loves movie stars Mm -hmm. uh in the 50s and she's sort of like a rita hayworth type in that she is um a latina woman um but she sort of hides that part of her identity in order to become successful she gets married seven times, so she's also sort of like Elizabeth Taylor type. And she is telling a um, – she invites a, a writer who is supposed to be sort of like a low-level writer to her apartment and basically tells this woman, uh, Monique, I am going to give you my whole life story and you can publish it and make all the money from it and go for it and go forth and prosper. So she's sort of telling the story of her life. And I loved this book so much. I fell in love with Evelyn. Um, She's amazing. The reason why she has seven husbands is really uh, ends up being kind of tragic. Um, And I think something that um, Taylor Jenkins Reid does 
really well is play with memory and who's telling a story because a lot of the book is told it is told from Evelyn's point of view because she's reciting sort of what happened um and there are so many things that are colored in a way that you're like I know that's not how it happened based on like other things that happened, but the, either the truth is too painful or it shows a side of her. She's not willing to tell this person. Um, and I think she does it so brilliantly and beautifully and is such a beautifully well done book. Um, and I, and I love it so much and it is, um, not a romance because it breaks the one big tenant of romance. Uh, it is a love story. Um, so I would say The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid is my swoon of the summer. That and Daisy Jones. Daisy Jones edges out for me as like, which is my favorite, but like Evelyn is right there. Was Evelyn before Daisy? Yeah, Evelyn was written first. Yeah, and then then Daisy Jones. So it's great when you have a big book. Mm -hmm. Everybody goes back and reads your other books. So you got this body work. It's just sitting there waiting to be sold. Because I'm all about shifting units, you know what I'm saying? I It's so funny because I have a memory of, and I hope this doesn't sound too pretentious, but I was in Nantucket last summer. and this and, Oh, boy. And Emily Hugo was in hardcover, <laughs> and I went to like my favorite bookstore, Bookworks, and I remember thinking, like, oh, should I buy it? But it's a hardcover. It's very expensive, and I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to buy it. And then this year when I went to Nantucket, they had it in paperback. So I was like, oh, I'll buy it. And I literally only read that book for the entire time I was there. I was like sitting on the porch of my hotel, reading it. I was bringing it to the beach, reading it all day. That's all I did. And now that has such a place for me in such a specific way where I'm like, oh, Nantucket's where Evelyn lives. It's not. None of the book takes place on Nantucket, but it just like reminds me of that. The way that I was watching somebody's house in Connecticut while I read Daisy Jones. And I'm like, oh, that's where Daisy is in in Newtown, Connecticut. So. It's so funny. Like, so I I gifted you a book mm-hmm. uh, recently, uh, Secret History. And I've been reading it. I read it all when I was in yeah. Los Angeles. By Donna Tartt. Mm-hmm. I know the exact place in Central Park I read that book because I went to Central Park and I read that most of that book there. Mm-hmm. And it's so – I look at that book on my shelf and I think of that exact spot in Central Park. It's those – it's crazy how books can transport you to the world inside the book, but also transport a place within the world that you're reading it in. Yeah. That's what's so magical about books. Guys, we love books. Yeah, read books, guys. Come guys, on. Just do what it. What are we doing here? Yeah. We should be reading books right now. Yeah, we're talking to you, but also read books. Read books. Um, yeah. Um, and so next week we are doing our August preview. So that is exciting. So we're going to tell you all the books we're reading in August. Again, if you are on Facebook and are learning the tropes troop, we will release those early um, so that you can start getting your holds and and start reading. Um, So also don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. It's how people find us. I know it's annoying, but maybe right now if you have your phone in your hand and you're on the bus or something, just do it. It takes three minutes. Uh, We don't charge you for this podcast. So we'll give you a little giving back if we've given you any joy. That's a great way to repay us. Um, you can always email us at learningthetropespodcast at gmail.com. That is where our, um, if you want to send just little notes, if you want to send, you know, explain Secret Baby to me, if you want to send in any book recommendations, we get a lot of great book recommendations. I always put them right in the Excel sheet while I should be doing my day job, but I'm still, I'm doing that. It still looks like I am doing my day job. So it's great. This podcast um, is really bad for your job. <laughs> Nobody listens. Yeah, good. I'm cares. glad. I'm glad. 
Uh, Twitter is learning tropes. Instagram is learning the tropes. Um, and then I also mentioned our Facebook group, which is the Learning the Tropes Troop, which everyone should join if you uh, care to and if you are still on Facebook. Um, like I mentioned, our next episode is the August preview. Um, so come find out what we're reading and then we will chat to you then. Yeah. All right. See ya. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you.